Howdy, everyone. Happy Friday 13th. Friday the 13th. Welcome to Covfefe Break on Unsafe Space slash the Unsafe Space Clips channel, depending on our band status. I am your host, Carter Aaron, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Carrie Smith. Hi, Carrie. How are you doing? Carrie has decided to freeze for us. I guess, I guess her internet doesn't want her to be here any more than YouTube wants us to be here. Are you are you back, Carrie? You're home too. This you see me now? Be... Yeah, you're just breaking up a little bit. I don't know why. Well, let me do some. While we're waiting for Carrie's internet, let me do some housekeeping stuff. Uh, <clears throat> if you'd like to support the show, especially since we no longer are on our main channel on YouTube, which we'll come back to, uh, you can go to unsafespace.com/slash/donate. That will lead you to Subscribestar if you want to subscribe there. <clears throat> it will also lead you to, if you want to do PayPal, I think Zelle, a bunch of options to donate, or cryptocurrency if you want to stay out of the fiat world. Um, if you subscribe at a $25 or more a month level, you get a cool grenade mug, which is over here, which Carrie usually shows, but I don't know for video here. Let's see if you have it there, Carrie. Let's see if Carrie's video is working again. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. You're back. Okay, uh, good. You need to move to your right a little bit, but you're back. Uh, what else? Book clubs coming up. Oh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. By the way, uh, aside from banning us periodically, YouTube also likes to just delete subscribers. So Carrie's been deleted from subscribing uh, in the past. So if they do it to Carrie, they'll do it to you. So make sure you're subscribed. Um, yeah, I heard from dozens of dozens of people last time I I I posted about how they had removed a hundred people in a day, and then I heard from dozens of people who went and checked and said yes, I was unsubscribed. Uh, they've since done that a second time to us. We dropped another hundred in a day, and then this is our second seven day ban. If you're watching us now live, if you're watching us live, you're watching us on our clips channel, as Carter said. Because our main account got another ban, same ridiculous reason. Um, it looks like they're just looking for be, like whatever arbitrary thing they can come up with. And so uh, our reason it was it's for the same reason they gave us last time. They gave us a seven day ban. Then they took the ban away like three days in without without ever responding to Carter's. Um, uh, what did you call it? It's a challenge. We basically challenged. Yeah, you it. can appeal. And it's super, it's super sketchy because the way they did this, we could have only one strike and be banned forever because what they do is they give us a strike, I appeal, they delete, then they wait a couple days, so we're banned for those couple days during the appeal. Then instead of responding to the appeal and undoing it, um, they just deleted everything as if it never happened. It never happened. There was never a strike. There was never an appeal. never happened. And then they reintroduced the exact same strike. And so now the clock is starting to tick several days later on seven days. Uh, so I appeal again. And of course, here we are on Friday. And according to their clock, we won't be we won't be back on Monday either, unless they do the same thing randomly where they delete the the strike and then whether or not they reinstitute it by Monday, I don't know. So and to catch anyone up, because a lot of people asked, um, they banned us. The reason they gave was because 
we do in our episodes, we always do show notes where we give uh, links to any sources we talked about so people can read source material. And uh, one of the links that we used in a video back in September, Carter had referenced a website called Expert Law. It was a legal site. And we were trying to figure out if it was legal for businesses to say they would not accept cash, which we found out it is legal. Uh, but he gave that law link. And that website, I guess, has since been hacked. And so they gave us a retroactive. Our ban came because they said that way back in September, we linked to malware. That's what our ban is for, something ridiculous. And then they got rid, as you said, they got rid of the ban without any word from them. And then they gave it to us again. <laughs> yep. So, yep. yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty ridiculous. I did spend, my head's been in coding mode because I spent most of yesterday writing software now so that now... From now on, our links will be, uh, we will start having pages for every episode. There'll be a page on Unsafe Space, and the YouTube links will link to the page about the episode on Unsafe Space, and that's where the links for the show notes will be. Uh, so at least we can get, hopefully that will bypass this particular attack vector from the YouTube sensors, but... Uh, I'm sure they'll find something else to complain about. I'm sure they'll find something else. So. And and this isn't just us. I've seen, uh, oh, for anyone who's a fan of Nerdrotic, I'm going to be on Friday Night Tights later today on their live show on Nerdrotic. Uh, Friday Night Tights, I think it, I think it starts at 4 o'clock Texas time. Uh, but I'm in a, I'm in a chat with some of the hosts of that show and, and some of the guest hosts, and they've been pointing out other channels that have been slapped with bands and and stuff all week. They're just targeting lots of people right now. That's all. I think, I think they're just, I think they're, there are individual employees at these companies, social media companies who are flexing a little bit of muscle because they feel victorious about the presidential election. And they're just, you know, getting off on that God power that they have probably. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it before and I'm sure we'll mention it again later, but, uh, Definitely a Biden presidency or even the the feeling of a Biden presidency, which is where we are now, uh, definitely emboldens them. Um, and it makes them feel like, OK, well, now you've got you guys have no ally in the White House anymore. So we yeah. can do what we want. Um, so, yeah, that's that's lovely. By the way, um, you are watching this on the Clips channel. If you're watching it live, you should subscribe to the Clips channel as well. That's where all our clips go. <clears throat> Hopefully not all of our content. And we have book club coming up. <laughs> uh, the Management of Savagery by Max Blumenthal. We're discussing this on November 22nd. <clears throat> so I think that's only a week away. Have you Time started it yet, Carter? Nope. <clears throat> I started it. And let me just tell you guys, this is a this is going to be a great discussion. Okay. Because the writer, okay, the writer is, I will say based on what I've read so far, he definitely, I think is, on, I would yeah, say he's on the left. He hates Trump, okay. but he hates the deep state more. And he, hate, he hates the military uh, industrial complex and those actors who, who kind of move in the shadows of government who are unelected more. And he, he righteously points out the hypocrisy. I mean, he's no fan of Obama either. You know, he okay. points out uh, his problem is with warmongers and I think I would argue, just based on the beginning that I've read so far, he has a bigger problem with some of the, um, you know, establishment Democrats than he does with Trump. 
But you're definitely, if you're a Trump fan, you're going to, you're probably going to get annoyed a few times because he doesn't have a lot of love for Trump either. But, but this is a, it's a very, I've already been taking notes because there's a lot of information in this book. So I'm, I'm excited huh. to talk about this one. I am. I mean, I am looking forward to reading it. I just, uh, I haven't, I haven't started it yet, but I guess that's my weekend task. Um, can I just, one reminder that like, uh, I, I apologize to everyone in chat. We don't have super chat on this channel because, um, this channel isn't big enough yet to have super chat. So, uh, if you want a super chat and you're used to super chatting and, and want us want to interact during the show, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do what I did last time on Monday. I'm going to go over to subscribe star, uh, and I'm just going to li- look for one time tips on subscribe star. And if I see them, I will, and you can put a little note when you do a tip. And if I see them, I'll read your thing. Can't put it on screen, but at least you'll get noticed. And I'm also going to try and pay attention to the chat generally. It just scrolls a lot. So, uh, it's yeah. a little bit difficult sometimes to pay attention to chat. <sighs> Carrie. Yeah, so we're we're calling them star chats. So go to subscribe. Oh, I forgot star, star chats. Yes. Yeah, star <laughs> chats. And actually, hey, silver lining, none of your star chat goes to YouTube, who's trying to ban us. That's so. true. Zero percent goes to YouTube. So <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, all good. So um Oh, also I want to thank a couple people have reached out. Technical people have reached out to me. I know I need to get back to you. I probably prematurely said reach out. I'm not used to having a platform where if I say casually like, hey, some developers would be nice. There's actually enough people in the audience that are developers that could reach out to me. Like that's a new thing. I'm like, wait a minute. I, I asked and actually got what I asked for that. I wasn't ready. So uh, I do definitely need to get ready a little bit before we have deep conversations about tech. But uh, but I do appreciate the people who have reached out. So thank you. I will get back to you. Carrie, part of me is, uh, tired of this election fraud stuff, but it's kind of the thing that we need to talk about because it is still yes. in the news. It's going on. It does matter. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, as much as I would say it's, I don't want to say this. Just because there was no election, if there were no election fraud, it doesn't guarantee that we would get the choice you want because democracy does, in fact, suck. However, uh, (laughs) there does appear to be evidence, despite the mainstream narrative of without evidence, which I think is the catchphrase they're using now. So and so, so and so mentioned voting fraud without evidence. Okay. Without the evidence, because they don't look at evidence. Well, so people have see. pointed out that they, yeah, they're they're disregarding sworn testimony of poll workers and saying that's not evidence. Well, mm-hmm. actually, yeah, it is sworn testimony. It, they they yeah. gave sworn testimony. That's it's considered evidence. In court. It's definition it's by definition. Court. It's evidence. It's <laughs> evidence. So, is it proof? No, but it's evidence. You have to look at it, and they're trying to write it off completely. YouTube is is not YouTube. Twitter is over the top lately with their little warnings about anything you post. Their little warning about like, no, trust us, guys. The election was super on the up and up. Don't yeah. read this. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what I was thinking before we even talk about some like the details of anything, just at a high level. Uh, <clears throat> you know how we say we didn't invent this. Vox Day is the first person I heard this from, but. Uh, SJWs always lie, right? Yeah. And, and SJWs always project. Those are the things. I I hear now all these calls for unity. And I think, <laughs> oh, you mean division. Like whenever you hear them saying we want unity, 
what you should be hearing in your head is we intend to create disunity. We intend to be divisive uh, because that's what they actually intend to do. Um, you saw this. Yeah. I know you've seen this, but did you? I, I know you've been paying attention to stuff generally. Did you see this tweet? Um, was that a tweet? It was, uh, let's see. Let me see if I can find it. It is, oh, wait, my window ended up way over on the edge of my screen. No wonder I can't see it. Okay. Is, did you see the CNN? Uh, I think Chris Stigall, if that's how you say his no. name, he, he tweeted this. Look at this. Look at this thing from CNN. They've started their list. Here's the here's their blacklist. GOP senators who haven't congratulated Biden. Oh, I did see that. <laughs> They're starting a list, right? And we know, and this is just one example. This is just CNN tracking senators, but they are they are making lists, and they'll be checking them twice. Uh, <laughs> this this season, they'll be making their lists and checking them twice, but not like Santa Claus does, not in a good way. Uh, no. Yeah. And so, look at look at these voices who are calling for unity. It it's it, it reads as a little inauthentic when you're the same voices that have been calling people who don't vote the way you want them to racists, uh deplorables, Nazis, uh spreading lies about them and then you're saying, "Now, come together and join in unity with it, it's a little, it's disingenuous. If it were coming from voices who had not done that, it's one thing, but to be coming from, it's like your, your abusive spouse beating you and then, and then begging you for unity. You know, I just, yeah, it's no, dishonest. It's, 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 it's exactly that. And you don't even have to, you could actually have a goldfish memory and not know anything they were doing in the past and still see that it's dishonest because out of one side of their mouth, they're like, unity, unity. And the other side, they're like, here's our blacklist. It's like, that's, yeah, that, that's not unity, guys. That's that's a blacklist. That is divisive. That's what that is. So, um, yeah. yeah, I just, I want to remind people that don't don't fall prey to this idea that they want to to reconcile in any nice way. They don't, they don't want to like... They don't want to hold hands and come together and sing kumbaya. That is not their intention. They're not going to welcome you with open arms. They don't want to unify the country. They don't want to heal. That's not what they want. They've never wanted that. That's, I mean, you've, their Democrats have been taken over by the radical left wing who's basically been trying to burn this country down forever. So, like, they're yeah. in control now. They don't want that. They're making blacklists. They're going to remember who you are. They, they will dox you. And by the way, if you dox them, you'll get banned. We'll talk about that later. But if, but they'll dox you. That's fine. So yeah. um, this is not, you know, th this is not about unity. They never mean it to be about unity. And the more loudly they scream, here's the other thing I want to say, just because I've I've been I was kind of careful about voting fraud stuff, and I've said, look, my gut is yes, there's voting fraud, but I don't want to say because I'm trying to be, you know, I don't. This is my gut's not an argument. Blah blah blah. Um, right. However. I, I do want to say this, the more loudly they scream that you shouldn't bother to investigate any fraud, the more you should worry and investigate fraud. They yeah. are like, if there was no fraud, Facebook and Twitter would not have to put little warnings saying the elections are fine. Don't worry about the elections. The elections are fine. <laughs> All experts say elections are fine. Experts, experts, experts. Ugh. Like they're freaking out that you might, I don't know 
read the lawsuit filed against the city of Detroit or <laughs> look at some of the evidence that Robert Epstein has uh, produced. Like, they they don't want you to see this stuff. So, the and, the, and they don't want to argue it. They can't argue it directly. So they have to just say, experts have concluded that the elections are always fine and great because we won. Yeah. <laughs> of course, in 2016, just, the elections were, you know, I don't know. Just trust us. I forget who it was that somebody tweeted a, a very astute point. They said the same people who believed Jesse Smollett, Smollett, whatever, Smollett. You could say The Smollett. same people that like believed, Smollett. yeah, Jesse Smollett are telling us, just trust us. There's no fraud. Trust us, guys. Why? Why? Right. Right. Why? Um, Do you want me to, you, you just sent me a thing. Do you want me to put it up on the screen? Yeah, I wonder if you can play this. Now, I sent you a link to MeWe, which is a Facebook alternative. No, you sent me a link to, to Twitter. Oh, it is to MeWe. Sorry. Yeah, it is to MeWe. Do you want me to look at the tweet or, or go to MeWe directly? The video. Yeah, the video. All so right, this is uh, – I don't know if you guys saw this. Oh, wow. You're invited to follow the Black Lives Matter page on MeWe. Okay, hold on for a second. Let's 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 see. I don't even know you if I'm logged into MeWe, guys. Hold on. I'm not okay. a social media person generally, but do you see this, Carrie? See the screen? Okay. I I'm do. Gonna... Oh, and you have to you have to log in now. Oh crap! Really? Oh. Sorry. All right. All right. I'm gonna. We'll go back to Carrie's face while I log in because I don't even know my username and password. <laughs> well, the reason I wanted to show this, I'll just tell you what's in this clip because, right. and then we can play it if you're able to pull it up. But we don't really need to watch it. This is a group of BLM protesters, BLM and Antifa protesters, who've gone into a neighborhood and are terrorizing the residents and protesting outside of their homes. And in the video, you can see a white couple, an older older couple who comes out on their porch and they actually say, they say, hey, there's my Biden sign. They point to the Biden sign. There's our Biden sign. And then they say, be peaceful. Okay, I think I got like, it. Is you this got it? it? Yeah, listen to what they say. All right, let's see if we can do this. It's two minutes. Is there a spot I should look or just right at the beginning? Oh, you just got it queued up already. Sign. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. Let's hope. So they're works. gonna you're gonna hear him say, There's my Biden sign. Don't destroy anything. Be peaceful. <laughs> Oh, wait, so these are BLM people protesting. Ah. If you ask for peaceful protests, it's white supremacy. Wow. I can't really hear what he's saying, but I can read the, the thing. I don't know if anyone else can hear. Okay, you can stop it there. So, they, so he asked these protesters that are out on a residential street, protesting in front of people's homes, terrorizing them. They say... They point to their Biden sign as if that's going to protect them. There's our Biden sign. Don't destroy anything. Be peaceful. And then you can hear the protesters on the bullhorn scream back at them and say, nobody cares about your white ass opinion. Nobody cares about your white ass opinion. Then they call him a white privilege old man. Then they say asking people to be peaceful is white supremacy. 
<laughs> That's a little bit insulting to people who aren't white, but okay. Yeah, there's a lot wrong with this. But the reason I appreciate this clip is because it points out what we've said from the beginning and what Thomas St. Thomas writes about a lot. Your these these people who are in the ideology and, and paying lip service to social justice ideology and thinking that it's going to protect them in this cultural revolution, thinking that pointing to your Biden sign, for example, is going to protect you, are naive at best. It's it's not going to that's never the way this works. You, If you're a liberal and you're in this movement and you think you've made the grave mistake of thinking that the social justice Marxist leftists are the same as you, you're wrong. It's going to come, hopefully it won't come to uh, a bitter you know, awakening. Hopefully you'll, you'll wake up a little sooner than it coming to violence, but you are wrong. They are not your allies. You guys are not on the same path. You you may think you are, but you're not. What's that famous thing? They like to spray paint everywhere. Antifa liberals get the bullet too. They're no yeah. friends of liberals. And 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 I just want to throw this out here. Um, social justice warriors get the bullet too from other social justice warriors. When you have this kind of mass hysteria, and when you've built people up into a frenzy, you worked them up into a frenzy like this. You look at historically, you look at other movements like this, other situations in which people behaved in this way. Um, it's there's there's a chaos to the mob. And one minute you could be their savior and the next minute you're on their shit list. And it could be a personal thing. It could be completely random. It doesn't necessarily even need to be ideological when you in, when you enable this kind of behavior and you say this kind of behavior is preferential, um, then this is what you get. I mean, if you look at, I, I know I keep citing the cultural revolution in China, but I'm fascinated by it. If you look at what happened in the cultural revolution in China, Mao, mostly his wife, Jiang uh, <clears throat> Qing, but he, he through, through a few people kind of stirred up the, these sentiments that they needed to get rid of revisionism, but no one was really sure what that meant. No one was really sure. He he played his cards close to his chest, probably because he was just an egomaniac and he wanted to make sure he was always in charge, right? And so he just wanted power. Yeah. But he didn't want to tell anyone that the principles were. So the, there weren't principles that were easy to ascertain. So you could accuse anyone of being a, quote, revisionist at any time. And at one point, like, you might be – there might be someone who was completely protected and like, oh, they accused someone else of being a revisionist and they became the person that Mao really loves. And then the next, the very next moment, mm -hmm. that person is like, oh, what they said is revisionism. They're the bad person. Now they're shipped off or killed or beaten or whatever it is. Like it's – there's not reason to the target selection process when you have this kind of a hysteria. So the like, even if you think, well, I'm just going to be woke, 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 they that means I'll be on their side. It it doesn't. It does not matter. It does not matter. <clears throat> there were plenty of examples in history of people who were this, like this, the allies of the wokest of the woke, whatever the terminology was in that particular time in history at that thing, and 
someone turned on them for some reason. There, there's a because they're all obsessed with power. So maybe they'll feel like you're too woke for me. I'm afraid that you'll have more power than me. So he's not yeah. woke anymore. Let's go after him. It's all the mob is totally unpredictable in that sense. So you can't. There is no defense other than to reject the idea of mob behavior, other than to reject the violence itself and to say no. This is not okay. I will not be a part of this. Yeah, yes. And I will, the only I will way. not cling to something like a Biden sign or my political. I will not cling to this evil, rotten ideology and expect it to protect me. It's not going to protect you. I imagine any, that any just pisses them system, off, by the way, when you point to a Biden sign and say that's my, like. Oh, yeah. It, I'm sure it does. They're like as if that will protect you. Right. White ass privileged guy which is what they call him. Yeah. Uh, they, any, any belief system, this social justice ideology is, is built around worship of power. That's what they worship. The whole belief system is built around power. And I would argue that any, any religion or belief system that's built around worshiping power is prone to be, I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? It's obvious what you're saying, Carter, that it's, you're going to get to a place where, um, People will do whatever it takes to assume that power, and they will right. they will kill and attack and turn on anyone they need to because that's what the whole belief system is built on worshiping. That's right. what they seek. It's all about what you can get away with, right? It's all about yeah. – just think of it this way. It's all about what you can get away with. And if that's what it's about, then the person who's the most devious and ruthless often rises to the top because yeah. they are, they're more bold and trying to get away with more stuff. So, um, you know, yeah. th there's just, <sighs> yeah, somebody in the chat says, Dion says, these people are probably normie liberals. I bet they're rethinking that. Yeah. This is a great clip to show to any of your normie friends on the left who voted for Biden and who are kind of casually moving along with the, the, uh, social justice tenets, maybe have accepted some of them and, you know, not really paying close attention. This is a great clip to share with them. What do you think of this? I, I bet it makes some of them re maybe, hopefully, rethink their allegiance to a belief system that's not liberal. That's right. It's not liberal. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty crazy. All right, can we – I want to talk about some voting stuff and some voting machine mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Hopefully this won't get boring. <laughs> I don't think it will. I don't know. Uh, okay, voting machines, first of all um, – there's been a lot of talk about this company, Dominion, Dominion Voting Systems. Um, yeah. And there was an interesting – actually, uh, Chris, one of our moderators, shared this uh, with us internally. There – if you go to – we'll put – obviously, we'll put links uh, like we always do for this stuff. Yeah. But if you go to um, – if you go to Twitch, there's a channel called Red Pill 78 that, that this guy interviews um, <clears throat> this woman here. Her name is Melissa Carone. And she basically was a contractor for Dominion Voting Systems. She showed up at the polls to try and make sure that things were kind of going okay. And she noticed a bunch of things that she talks about. She talks about um, seeing if a, if a um, reject ballot wouldn't go through the machine, the employee would get a blank ballot and fill it out unsupervised and forge the voter's signature. And she said she witnessed this. And she's naming names, by the way. She named her supervisor's name. She says, in a 24-hour shift, not a single ballot filled out this way was for Trump. Um, there was a table that they called duplicate ballots for these, which numbered in the thousands. 
She said two young guys in their 20s were responsible for inputting all the information from that location into the computer. There was no oversight. The two of them worked doubles all day and all night, uh, and they were friendly with her boss. When she reported this to her boss, he basically said, the last thing we need is a problem here. Just to, you know, We're just here to assist with IT. We're not here to help them run elections. So, you know, shut up. So <clears throat> there is – now, by the way, this to me – Again, not proof, does count as evidence that there's something It weird. is evidence. Um, I, but I do want to talk about Dominion voting systems a little bit because there has been misinformation floating around. And I think that if you want to question the integrity of the elections, which I think you should question the integrity of the elections, and I think we should investigate voting fraud, you can't <clears> – you've got to do it with integrity. You can't just throw around stuff that you might hear – and um, and and say things that are unsupported. So there's been stuff about Dominion that is incorrect. So people have said, well, Nancy Pelosi's people are involved in it, and Dianne Feinstein's husband is part owner of it, and they have a ties with the Clinton Foundation. Um, I just want to go through this truth about that stuff. And, you okay. know, mainstream media like, does would... report this, but... I would appreciate this. We should know. Um, yes, Nancy Pelosi's aide has represented Dominion as a lobbyist, but so have aides for Republicans. Dominion hires lobbyists, so that's not a shock. Dianne Feinstein's husband, Richard Blum, he um, the, the claim was that he owned part of Avid Technology as an investor. Uh, he has a firm called Blum Capital. <clears throat> that he, he owned Avid Technology and that Avid makes the software. Um, neither one of those things is true. This is a statement from Avid, which is a publicly traded company. To officially correct a misconception that arose on Twitter in the last 24 hours, Avid Technology Incorporated definitively states that we do not develop software for vote counting. By the way, they are, they're they're publicly traded, so he, he, they'll get in trouble with the SEC if they lie about this stuff. The Avid wrote in a statement on Twitter on Saturday, they said, and then he said, further, while Blum Capital was an investor in our company, it has no holdings. So, so neither... Neither does Avid make the voting software, nor does Richard Blum actually own any Avid anymore. Okay. Um, the Clinton Foundation. The Clinton Foundation has a project called the Delian Project. The Delian Project is about, quote, democracy through voting. And um, in 2014, Dominion donated money to that project. That appears to be the only interaction that they've had with the Clinton Foundation. Now – Maybe the Clinton Foundation is super opaque and there's other stuff going on, but there's no smoking gun here. Um, because of – previously because of complaints about Dominion uh, in terms of like who's behind it and who owns it, um, the the CEO revealed at least part of the cap table, part of the capitalization table. And it turns out that a company called – I think they're a – I think they're a um, – private equity firm called Staple Street Capital. They own 75.2% of the company. The found, the the CEO founder dude owns uh, a bunch of the rest and everyone else owns under 5%. So, you know, if you start, and people, I've seen people go down this. So I've seen people go down this path. They immediately start doing stuff like this. They're like, okay, well, let's go look at Staple Street Capital, right? And now there used to be a team page on Staple Street Capital, but if you go to the team page, yet last night it was there, it's gone. You can't even see who the team is. And that's because people have been, you know, I, I did this. I looked at the team last night and I was like, well, 
let me see who these people are. And so now everyone's trying to figure out who did they, who are these people? Who did they donate to? What's their political leanings? Blah, blah, blah. And look, in any large financial firm, you're going to find a lot of people who lean left and who donate to things and are involved in leftist things. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. Um, and so I want, but I want to outline what I think the, the fundamental problem here is. The fundamental problem is that we care about these things because we shouldn't have to. So right now we are forced to do things like this. We go over to Dominion Voting and we look for who runs Dominion Voting. We look for abouts. You can't find anything really about the, you can say join the Dominion team, but there's not, they don't have information about who they are. It's very opaque. It's a privately held company. And we start asking ourselves questions like, well, uh, who built it? What are their political affiliations? Who funded it? Right? These are all the questions that people are asking about this. And the problem is that we have a system where you have to ask those questions. That's a problem. And I'm going to, I want to, I know this is going to be a little bit of a tangent. I don't, I think hope, hopefully not too much. I was a security person and a cryptographer for a long time. There has been interest in the cryptography community for how to do fair elections with, um, <clears throat> validation. You can validate your vote was counted, but people can't see what it was. I mean, the, the crypto community, when I say crypto community, I don't mean cryptocurrency. I mean the old school crypto community. They've been interested in this problem for quite some time. And when you start, when you are faced with a company that you're asking questions like who built it, what are their political affiliations, who funded it? The fundamental problem is those shouldn't matter. It's like saying, opinions of scientists is blah, blah, blah. That's not the same as science. You don't want to have to have a voting machine where you rely on the integrity of the people who built the voting machine. That's a broken system. And any crypto person would look at this initially and say, just, just on the surface and say, this is bad. Good crypto designs, good security designs are the, the protocol, the algorithms, and even the software are open source. They're open. And the reason that they're open is so that mm -hmm. anyone can see what the vulnerabilities might be. They can point them out. They can get fixed. We can see that they've been fixed. It's yeah. above board. There is nothing secret. No, there's no, the idea that you keep an algorithm secret is inimical to security. You do not. You keep one thing secret. You keep keys secret. We know, okay, the key's got to be blah, blah, blah. But everything else is open. It's out in the open. And it's out in the open so you have the force of the entire technical community pouring over this. Liberals, Democrats, libertarians, anarchists, fascists, you know, commies, everyone. Everyone who cares for their particular thing, they're all pouring over the code looking for ways it can be exploited and pointing out because they don't want unfairness. That's how you right. build a robust system. And this is like That's transparency. It's transparency and it's and it's for the crypto community. One of the big red flags, I would do security reviews of stuff a lot. And one of the big red flags is when someone says, Well, we have proprietary technology. So if I had a cut we'd have customers sometimes yeah. come to us and say, Can you evaluate the system for us? And if 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 we went to see the system and the and the company was like, well. It's proprietary. We can't show you the details. I, the report would be super short. It would be like, don't use these guys. They're snake oil. Don't use them. They're, it's proprietary. Just walk away. It's proprietary. Walk the hell away. But this stuff, it's all proprietary. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this because I looked this up. This is Dominion in particular. Um, now, this was a 
this was a uh, agreement they signed in Canada because their voting machines are used all over the place. But you'll see some interesting information here really quickly. First of all, the legal agreement. The government agrees not to reverse engineer or otherwise attempt to derive the source code of the software. Why? They don't want you to see what's going on. The software's this is called the security through obscurity. It's a uh, it's a snake oil ruse. It's 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 the it's the the credo of a liar and a fraud is to say the security is through obscurity. That's what that is. So you're not allowed to look at our software. And actually, in the uh, request for a proposal, there was a, there was something that you know good for the government, I guess. They said, hey. We want access to the software and source code for auditing purposes. Now, what they should have said is that it has to be open source, but they didn't say that. But here's the response. Now, by the way, they got the contract. Here's their response to this request. I'm just going to read it. This is ES&S. This is not Dominion. This is another company, but they all do the same thing. ES&S is actually, I think, bigger. They're the, the other one that's bigger than Dominion. ES&S acknowledges this provision. Okay, so they acknowledge, I see what you want, they say in their response. However, ESS, ESNS does not provide its source code to its customers. As a standard practice, ESNS maintains its escrow with Iron Mountain Intellectual Property Management Incorporated, a copy of all program source code developed and used for our proprietary software and firmware, as well as any changes, modifications, or updates to the source code. Should we cease to operate and become enabled, then you can get it. So basically, this, this, is, a, this is an admission that what we're doing is... Uh, that that our security, that the integrity of our system relies on people not knowing what the source code is. It relies on yeah. people not knowing what we're doing. And that opens up the big question then of trust us. Do you trust us? And then that's why you have to start looking up, well, who funded you? Who are you? What are your political needs? All that stuff shouldn't matter. And I'm going to point to something that I would prefer. And you got, you'll, you'll think it's funny because – this is the open source election technology uh, center or organization. And look at their front page right here. Bam, Black Lives Matter. All black voters matter. They have an agenda. They're still way better. You know why? Because their agenda is irrelevant. Their source code is open. They believe everyone should look at it. I don't care what their politics is because if we use this kind of stuff, everyone could see what was happening, including right. people who don't agree with Black Lives Matter, and we would know. So this kind of stuff, the the, I think it's unconscious. It, look, if you care about democracy, again, I'm not a huge fan of voting, but if you're going to vote, at least do it right. We are in a system in which... This is, this is what the deep state does, and I don't know that they're doing it intentionally. It's just the idea of transparency never occurs to bureaucrats. They, it never occurs to them that, like, oh, everyone should see everything we're doing. So when these companies come along and say, well, we have some secret sauce, they nod their heads and, oh, yeah, we know what secret sauce is like. We have lots of secrets. Right. Sure, secrets are great. Let's have a voting system built on secrets. It is – it's the mo it's the worst way to build a voting system ever. The worst possible voting system is one in which there's a black box that few people understand or have access to that tabulates the votes. That is the worst possible way to run an election. It's it's horrible. Paper and pen, at least everyone understands how paper and pen works. Right. Everyone can see the act. They can all look at the procedures. 
Got it. They can all look at it. It might be, it might be old school. It might suck, but they can all, if you want to switch to electronic, it's got to be open. And if it's not open, you should question the election because there's no reason to believe that it should be true, that it's correct. No reason. There's no reason to believe this is above board because you don't yeah. have access to the source code. Even if it's because a mistake. It's, it's like, it's like secret voting in secret. You don't yeah. get to see how the votes are counted. Right. I, I agree with you. I, if, as long as they're open source and the, the vote counting is transparent, I don't really care. Like you said, then nobody would be looking to see, well, what are your allegiances and what's your political leanings? Because, because the code is open. Right. We wouldn't because care. You can see. We <laughs> wouldn't right. care. Right. And we shouldn't. That's my point is we shouldn't have to care. We should yeah. not have to care. This, by the way, you want to see the, almost the definition of an oligarchy? It's, it's a system in which we pretend to have democracy, but private companies have black boxes that control the voting that are approved by yeah. election officials. I don't know what like I don't know what more you could do that. That's an immense amount of power. It's an immense amount of power. Uh, and the idea that that's how it should work is just stupid. It's just dumb. And it as a former security person, it really pisses me off because there was a movement I would say 20 years ago, people started talking about how to do open source voting protocols and, you know, the, no one cares. No one cares. The, the municipalities don't want them. The election boards don't want them. They prefer to, you know, pay some voting company that keeps everything proprietary. So this is what you get. Um, I, I just – so, yeah, the end of my rant is – Dominion is not owned by the Clintons. It's not owned by Nancy Pelosi. It's not owned by Dianne Feinstein. There is some evidence that some shady stuff was going on, but maybe not necessarily with the system, just a Dominion person talking about how things were done at a particular polling location. But there is a problem with these voting systems in general, and that it's yeah. a fundamental problem. It's a fundamental problem. And if you care about democracy, you should care about this problem. That's the end of my rant. And and well, and that's something that I don't have a lot of confidence that people are going to start pushing for this. Like, we seem to always get easily distracted on, you know, whatever's in the news at the moment. We have four years before the next presidential election. Is this something that you we can expect to see people on the left and the right come together and say we want voting transparency? I don't think so. I hope I would hope so, but. Lately, the left, uh, you know, the left seems to be fine with anything shady as long as it's benefiting their side. I'm not saying people on the right aren't like that, too. I'm sure there are some people like that on the right. But yeah. as a whole, on average, people I know on the left right now, don't they're not really interested in any investigation. They're not interested in, in uncovering whether, whether there was fraud or even in talking about election integrity, which is kind of kind of funny considering that's all they talked about for four years. Yeah. After 2016. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, in fact, they have they have they seem to have a proclivity to try and do the opposite, which is to pshaw any suggestion that there's any problem and just, yeah. you know, s stick warnings on top of it that say the experts agree that there's no election problem. This is this is fake news. But I mean, you know, uh, th there was this I meant to bring this up last time. <clears throat> Let me show you this lawsuit for the judge promised to. Uh, you know, who knows if the judge will keep his promise, but the judge promised to uh, rule on this today. So maybe we'll find out. 
uh, by later today. But this is a lawsuit filed. Uh, it's uh, Cost- Costantino versus Detroit. Um, okay. Here's the allegations. Just by the way, <laughs> this should be news, <laughs> but hey, here we are. Here are the allegations. Defendant's system, defendant is Detroit. This is the voting, the voting people, <clears throat> or the, the voting uh, officials. Defendants systematically processed and counted ballots from voters whose name failed to appear in either the qualified voter file, QBF, or in the supplemental sheets. When a voter's name could not be found, the election worker assigned the ballot to a random name already in the QVF to a person who had not voted. Def- that's one. Uh, B, or two, uh, defendants instructed election workers to not verify signatures on absentee ballots, to backdate absentee ballots, and to process such ballots regardless of their validity. C, after election officials announced the last absentee ballots had been received, another batch of unsecured and unsealed ballots without envelopes arrived in trays at the TCF Center. There were tens of thousands of these absentee ballots, and apparently every ballot was counted and attributed only to Democratic candidates. D, defendants instructed election workers to process ballots that appeared after the election deadline and to falsely report that those ballots had been received prior to the November 3rd deadline. E, defendants systematically used false information to process ballots, such as using incorrect or false birthdays. Many times, the election workers inserted new names into the QVF after the election and recorded these new voters as having a birthday of 1-1-1900. City of Detroit election workers and employees coached voters to vote for Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. These workers and employees encouraged voters to do a straight Democrat ballot. These election workers and employees went over to the voting booths with voters in order to watch them vote and coach them for whom to vote. Unsecured ballots arrived at the TCF Center loading garage, not in a sealed ballot box, boxes without any chain of custody and without envelopes. Um, there's a few more. Defendant election officials and workers allowed ballots to be duplicated by hand without allowing poll challengers to check if the duplication was accurate. There's some more here, but that's the gist of it. Uh, is this all true? No, it's this is just alleged and it's in a lawsuit, but Someone thought enough that we can file a lawsuit here, um, and we'll see today what the judge rules. But this kind of stuff, if you were – if we had news and not propaganda arms uh, for yeah. basically the Democrats, if we had news and not a blue cathedral propaganda cabal, this would be news. They would be talking about it. They would be interviewing the lawyer. They would be like, tell us about this. What evidence do you have? I mean, they would be reading this, looking for the evidence that's listed in there. Um, they would be talking about how it impacts – it could potentially impact the election, right? Uh, they would be talking about all this stuff. They would be the yeah. ones interviewing um, M- Melissa uh, Carone or from, from uh, Dominion. They would be the ones asking all these questions, but they're not because we don't have news. We just have a propaganda Arm. We just have propaganda. That's all we've got. Yeah. So. Uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, I saw a tweet from one of the the worst people at CNN. Uh, <laughs> guess which one? Wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I would I would want to say Cuomo because he's one of my least favorites. But I don't know. Oh yeah, he's one of my least favorites too. No, uh, Brian Stetler. Yeah, yeah, he's my number two worst. I think so. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Brian Stetler is also, I I just feel like he's very low IQ. So in addition to being uh, a mouthpiece of propaganda arm, he's also just, uh, just a bumbling fool that bumbled his way into this puppet job. Uh, So he tweeted, we don't have to put this on the screen, but he tweeted, 
Coming soon, a restoration of normal relations between the president and the press corps. And then, <laughs> and then, and then our friend David Raboy uh, said, "Oh no, not David Raboy. The 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 lawyer Harmeet K. Dillon oh, said, Harmeet. yeah, said like owner and lapdog. You mean? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not about- sure which she's talking about. Well, I mean, who's the owner? Well, Oh, yeah, who's the owner? Who's the laptop? Exactly. Yeah, the press is just going back into this. This is one way you know their propaganda is no matter what Trump did, it's one of the things that started to wake me up to what a what a crazy dystopia we're living in is it didn't matter what he did. You know, as we've joked before, many people have joked, if he cured cancer, they'd still find a way to criticize it and say it was racist. You know, when he, when he made AIDS drugs free for a lot of people, they, they – the – the portion of the legacy media, which is like the gay press, things like pink pages and stuff, they all were criticizing him for it. They found a way. They found a way to criticize it. When he was trying to go after countries that criminalize homosexuality and impose sanctions on them, they found a way to criticize that. It doesn't matter what he did. It was always, always negative. They would never give him credit for anything. And and you could take that, take the way that, look at the way they treated him and then look at the way they treated Obama, which... I have I voted for Obama twice. I was one of those people who adored Obama. But even I could look back and say, when I saw the way they were treating Trump, it caused me to reflect on what I had noticed during the Obama years. And it was like, you know what? The conservatives are right. They they were sycophants. Yeah. Everything was sort of this this glowing, overflowing of praise and worship and acting as a propaganda arm for his administration in a, you know, put, putting it in a positive light. They did the exact opposite to Trump. And yeah, I'm sure these journalists are excited about getting back into that butt kissing phase. Sure. Um, well, cause, cause yeah. you don't have to do, I mean, well, they don't do journalism either way, but they've got to invent propaganda and spin stuff when they're, when they're going after Trump. But when they're just, when they're just sycophants, they can just repeat, they can literally just take quotes from the white house press secretary and put them in sentence form in an article and they're done like oh, oh, and they're done, they're done. Yeah. right there's no they're no done. work at all yeah they don't have to spin as much they just have to yeah take the press taste take the the press releases and that's it right. just type well, it we up. asked we asked the clinton camp and they said it was pneumonia that's what they said at the end yeah <laughs> yeah um by the way a star chat from richard Petz. uh thank you richard he gives us five bucks and says hi carrie and carter just a quick hello and a podcast you might like uh, complete Liberty. Cheers. Richard Pets. I don't know Complete Liberty. I'll check it out. Um, and hey, if you're just tuning in, we are streaming live today from our brand new channel called Unsafe Space Clips. This is actually meant to be our clips channel. We don't intend to do full shows here, but we're forced here for the second time because of a second seven-day ban from YouTube. So if you're watching this live, that's where you're watching us. Uh, if you're watching this later on our regular channel, that means our band's been lifted and we've put it up there <laughs> later. <laughs> but uh, but if you're here now, you're on the Clips channel. If you wouldn't mind, hit subscribe to the Clips channel. We we can't accept Super Chats here until we hit 1,000 subscribers and there's a couple of other metrics. Um, but if you want to do a, a, a Star Chat today, you can go to Subscribe Star to our Unsafe Space page and you can do a Super Chat there and we'll read it out. We're calling them star chats to make them special. Yeah, it's just a tips button. Yeah. Just do a one-time tip, and it, that allows you to write a message to us. Yeah. Um, 
and I yeah. am trying to pay attention to chat a little bit, but, uh, yeah. And, and I, I do have to, there was one that I wanted to put up on screen, but I missed it. See, this is the problem. Oh, Holly, I'm just going to put this one up. She says, Stetler is like a younger George Costanza who has, is even less self-aware. <laughs> that is true, yes. Holly. <laughs> oh gosh. Yes. The physical resemblance is there too. Yeah. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. So, okay. We talked about the Dominion voting machines. Um, we talked about uh, the lawsuit in Detroit. Can we, before we move away from election fraud completely, let's talk about the USPS worker, uh, Richard Hopkins from Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So Richard Hopkins, Richard Hopkins did this this great interview with none other than Project Veritas because that's what happens. Project Veritas does a lot of great stuff. And... Um, he he comes forward and his his whistleblowing is about postmarking uh, ballots. So the ballots that arrived late, postmarking, backdating them uh, so that they could be counted. Okay, and you know we're not going to read the whole thing or see the whole video, but you can go here. We'll put the link uh, below. But the interesting thing for this one, for me actually, I think is. Um, he does this interview, and he gets he gets um, noticed, and so actually, I, some investigators come uh, come interview him, and because he's he's going forward with like legal action, he filled out an affidavit, right? And so here's how the Washington Post reports this: the Washington Post that so after these interviewers interviewed this guy. They, they anonymously leaked that he recanted during the interview. He recanted. So Washington Post says, hey, he recanted his allegations of ballot tampering. It was all, he all made it up. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's all made up. Justice Department didn't respond. But hey, we've got an anonymous source uh, that says, um, hey, this was all made up. So the cathedral can now go to sleep again. Don't worry, NPCs. You can go to sleep now. Washington Post says it was all made up. Except, uh, except he didn't make it up. In fact, if I can go back to this. Um, I don't know if I have it. But he, he says, look, I didn't make it up. I didn't even say that. That's not what I said. Um, and he goes through... Let's actually I want to I want to show you something. This is fascinating. So, I'm going to search for Erie whistleblower on Google News because I just want to see what shows up. So, he made the claim there was a Project Veritas video. Then he uh then he went and did his interview. An anonymous person leaked that he that this was he recanted during his his interview. Washington Post uh published it. He says I did not recant. Um, and there's articles about that and a video of him saying, I didn't recant. This is bull crap. Um, let's see if we find any of those articles when we look for, I don't know. Maybe we will. <laughs> you don't know. Oh, let's see. First one. Erie postal worker admits making up Pennsylvania. Oh, so that's still the big one. The big one is that he made it up. Wow. Um, uh, Wow. Oh, here, no, here's the Project Veritas one. This is a post-millennial one. Okay. Um, UBS told 
agents project oh now he says project veritas look he he recanted usps whistleblower in quotes told agents project veritas penned his ballot tampering claim he did not tell them that that's a lie by the way um talk about fake news with respect to election fraud fake news washington post fake news daily beast um this Daily Beast, the USPS whistleblower saga keeps getting weirder. I've actually read this article. It also says that he recanted. Fake news. Um, so basically one out of the top five or four or five uh, actually have um, – actually don't have that fake news in them. But these are actually older. This is seven days ago. So if you're looking for new stuff, there's nothing new here that says, hey uh, – hey, he didn't, he didn't recant. But if you care to look – you can actually go, you can actually go over here and see what he says. Ah, crap. It won't let me go to PJ Media anymore. Great. Let's see. Great. This, there we go. Uh, I did not recant. I did not recant. He's got a video. You can, you can watch the video of him saying I didn't recant. But basically he just says uh, the, the investigators kind of um, – Gave him a hard time and pushed him in, in a bunch of directions to say things and like, but he didn't recant his, his testimony and he's moving forward with it. And he does continue to claim that this voting fraud is real. So, uh, again, so is any, propaganda machine any, is out, out, out in front of this one. And it, look how bold they are. They just lie outright and an multiple, outright multiple legacy media links. They just lie outright and they're happy to do it. And, as Jen said in the chat, she said, I have a ton of friends who are sharing this Washington Post article all over the place. They're trying to hoping it gets shared as much as his original report where he came forward. Right. They don't care about the truth. They're not even looking. They're not even reading. You have to read independent sources to even find the truth. And, yep. and you know, they do everything they can to squash the independent sources. They've done everything they can to censor Project Veritas. And, and as someone said in the chat, I think it's only a matter of time before they get permanent, they get permanently relegated to the land of unmentionables, you know, in this, in this brave new world under Biden, how many channels like, like Project Veritas are going to go the way of Alex Jones's channel or go the way of, um, uh, uh, Paul Joseph Watson or, or, um, Milo Yiannopoulos. I mean, they're just going to start disappearing any, any of the independent channels that have a large following who are putting real news out there. Look, we're not even, we're not even gonna, doing news and they're going after us. Like they're going after us and we're not even, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just doing commentary. Hey, I, I'm a little, you know, me Carter people. Anyway, they tend to view me as more of the optimist than you at times, which I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, it depends on maybe. the context, but that's, Often, yeah, too. we do have personas on the show where I'm the curmudgeon. <laughs> I was just talking to my daughter about this the other day. She's like, I can't believe people think that you're not silly. I'm like, yeah, but I'm only silly off camera with you. I'm not really that silly on camera. We're talking about I don't important know. stuff. People, I, I think what happens is people's qualities tend to get exaggerated on camera or you're just seeing like one part of this person's life or, or, or how they're, you know, anyway. Anyway, the point being, yes, you are very silly. Uh, but, but, and I'm not always the optimist and lately, as you know, as my friend, I have days that are more optimistic than others. And today, I guess I'm feeling a little pessimistic because I know so many people who are in the propaganda machine who just don't question anything, who are still there. 
And yeah, I know a lot of people who've woken up and I talk about that a lot. I know a lot of people like myself who voted Trump, who liberals and progressives who voted Trump because they, because their eyes were opened. But when I, you know, as this, as these investigations are ongoing and just, um, hearing about people who, um, like a friend of a friend who had a conversation the other night and he just, he was just incredulous that anyone would think that the New York times and the Washington post <laughs> are propaganda. He was, it's like he had never heard that before. And, and I just wonder like, where's the hope when there's so many people stuck in that fake news machine well, and believing like gospel truth, they believe the New York times, like gosh, they actually believe it. They believe the Washington post. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, I know I keep throwing the China thing in there, but the more I read about these these regimes um, that have this kind of stuff going on, like the Cultural Revolution, I mean, the amount of importance that is a, that is given to controlling the media would blow your mind. The entire yeah. Cultural Revolution was created through newspapers and and writing. I mean, the the people that res- the people responsible, the two main. Like there was there was Mao's wife, but she recruited two main people of their gang of four. These two main people, you know what their full time job was? They're writers. They wrote. That's what they did. They wrote. Yeah. They wrote things, and re- that's how you get people to. That's how you sway the population. I'm gonna be the optimist for you today. Well, I think this Good. is optimistic. I'm gonna help you out. My friend sent me this. Please. Actually, you can you can credit Katrina with this. Um, okay. But she sent me this, and. This is meant to be a dig on Trump voters, but I think it's something very positive. <laughs> so <clears throat> our latest YouTube gov slash The Economist poll has a host of troubling findings about the public confidence in the election. 86% of Trump voters say that Biden did not legitimately win the election. 73% say that we'll never know the real outcome of this election, Okay. Here's what they think is very concerning. Republicans are also exhibiting some dot, 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 concerning dot, dot, dot attitudes about the franchise. This is about voting with 46% saying that, quote, some people are not smart enough to vote. And 46% <laughs> saying that people should have to pass a test before voting. By the way, those numbers for Democrats, 27 and 15%. Now, look, this sounds bad. Because obviously I don't like the idea of a government administered test because you know the government's going to make the test. But uh, what I find, uh, and actually what Katrina also found uh, um, inspiring about this. In fact, I'm just going to read. Sorry, Katrina, I'm just going to crib what you you sent me. She said, uh, almost half of Trump supporters want limited franchise. I knew it was a psyop and all those sensible people I talked to in my youth didn't magically go away or become lovers of unlimited democracy. Look, there are the, 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 uh, to me, the silver lining is there are people that recognize that unfettered, unfettered mob rule via democracy is a bad idea. It is a bad, bad idea and it doesn't lead to good outcomes. I, to me, that's actually good. Like, I, I think that's good news because um, the I think part of the PSYOP that's been going on is this conflation of individual rights and and what America stands for with this idea of mob rule via democracy that like, oh, 
voting is the thing that makes us special. Voting solves all of our problems, right? And it's that's patently untrue. All you have to do is look at what happens when you give voting to uh, Libyans. Well, they elect the Muslim Brotherhood because those are their belief systems. <laughs> so voting does not lead to individual rights. Voting doesn't lead to the limited freedom the, the limited government, pro-freedom, individual rights state that people want or that many people want. So there does need to be, I think, some recognition that uh, advocating for unfettered democracy as the solution to your problems is, a, is, is not the right way to go, that there's something else going on here that's more important than that. So I found this actually quite inspiring, like good for you. 46% of Republicans. Good for you. You're right. Voting doesn't solve our problems. Some people aren't smart enough to vote. I don't know I don't know what the solution is. I disagree with the idea that there should be a government test, but the idea that we should try and get every you know, every person out there voting like they can't figure out how to get to the voting place and register, but we need to make sure it, you know, we mail them ballots and send yeah. them people to help like that's a bad idea. No. Right. No. And the thing, the thing about uh, we need to, if we did stand up united people on the left and the right, it doesn't matter if we did stand up united and say we want voting transparency. I think the other thing we need to demand is in-person voting with IDs. Absolutely. And except except for except for very, you know, limited exceptions. Look, but military whole, like, abroad, mass, like there's exceptions to that, obviously, right. obviously, right? But, right, but this whole like mass, like send a ballot to everyone's home and get mail it in and we're going to trust this? No. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. That's part of the reason why there's so many people saying we don't trust. Because everything was done. Not only do you have the problem with trusting voting machines that don't have open source coding, but you, then you have the problem of, of trusting humans and their fallible nature with this this system, this mail-in voting system that's rife for corruption. Yep. Of course, yep. we don't trust this. And Why would you think that? Yeah, I mean, look if you're if you're overseas as an American citizen, unless you're in the military, you have a passport. Because yeah. I don't know if people in the military get passports. Maybe they do. I don't even know how that works. Maybe, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But. If you're overseas and not in the military, you definitely have a passport. So the idea that you don't have some sort of ID to verify what you're like, you could have a mail-in voting thing overseas too, but it would have to be, you could definitely have it verified. There's no argument there that like, well, <laughs> we can't verify their ID. They can't get out of the country yeah. without a passport. Obviously they have an ID. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And um, we need to quit falling for, I mean, the thing is the left, one thing that, we were very good at or that the left is very good at. And I, you know, I used to be a part of this is controlling people by controlling thought, by controlling language. And right. that's language is very important. They're very concerned with con exercising control over what words are acceptable, which words are not acceptable about changing, you know, the words that the press start to use, you know, for example, I, I've told you this before, but we had letter writing campaigns where we would try and get journalists to quit using the phrase illegal immigrants and to instead use the phrase undocumented Americans. Why? Well, that changes your thought over time. If they right. over time start using undocumented Americans, the way you think about illegal immigrants starts to become like, well, they are Americans. They just don't have documentation. You know, you change thought, you right. change people through language. 
So they're very concerned with that. And one of the things they've been doing when it comes to voting is they've been pushing this idea through language that somehow it's um, that 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 people are that to that to demand that people respect the the election process enough to want transparent elections and to have people show up at the voting booth with ID. They've been pushing the the idea that that is somehow un-American and that you don't want voter suppression. They use that voter suppression to make people stand in line and to have to show ID. And that's just bogus. And we need to start rejecting that language outright. I think we need to just start coming at it in the faith. Don't let them claim the moral high ground on that. That's immoral and unethical. There's no reason why the, the way to reframe that I think is to say, we respect the election process enough to want people to have to stand in, if they stand in line, great. If they don't, great. Uh, I mean, hopefully there's not long lines, but they need to, it, it shouldn't be something that you don't care about. It needs to be something you care about. Voting needs to be something that you care deeply about and you're willing to take the steps necessary to do it. It should cost I mean, you, you something. You, it should cost you something. You'll stand in line for a, a cappuccino. Right. How many times a year? <laughs> Right. Like, yeah. come on. It's worth. Yeah. I mean, it's. I almost want to say it's worth what you pay for. But that analogy is not perfect, perfect here. But it should cost you something. I'm not saying there should be a poll tax because uh, that could be bad also. But it should cost you something. There should be some. Yeah. Like, oh, and I, instead- I care enough to overcome some small obstacle to go do this. I okay. care enough to get up off the couch. Right. You know, and to right. put my Netflix on pause. And to drive to a location and to make sure I have the appropriate ID, I care enough. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I'm not, look, people know my <laughs> voluntarist perspective and, and my limited to no government perspective, but uh, I'm, and I'm not a fan of having national IDs and making everyone have IDs. Like, I, I'm not a supporter of that. However, if you're going to have a country in, where the, in which there is voting, uh, and and you think that you've got a system structured on citizens should vote? I and then and that's a good system. I don't see the argument against requiring ID for those citizens to vote. Like, how do you know who's who? How do you know? Like, how do you know who's voted and that they they're the right person? And like, there's not that's not an unreasonable request. Like, I should you have it's to have an re- ID? No, but if you want to vote, yeah, yeah. It's not like, unreasonable. You don't have to all. vote. You don't have to vote. That's okay. But if you want to participate, they, yeah. They've taken us to a place where we have to. They're forcing us to argue against things that are unreasonable, and I think sometimes we almost we view it as well. I sh- of course, you should have to have an ID to vote, and you should have to do it in person. Why should we have to make that argument? But they they've. They've been able to drag right. the conversation so far in this postmodernist, ridiculous direction that, yeah, we have to have that discussion, I think. We have to set the terms of that discussion and start working on reframing it because they've certainly framed it a certain way, you know? Like, right. it should be reasonable. Yes, we shouldn't have to have this conversation. It makes sense. We need a, You need ID. And you need to prove who you are to be able to and vote. I'm, by the and, way, I'm uh, not saying national ID. Someone's asking about that. I don't think it needs to be national. It could be local. No. Um, and someone's saying fake IDs are very easy. Um, yeah, but make fake IDs. That's not even true. Fake IDs used to be very easy. Fake IDs are not like a lot of IDs now have have like uh, basically smart cards in them. Like there, there's not 
they're not that easy. A lot of them have like NFC communications and cryptographic authentication. Like, I, I guess if you want to like choose the identity of an old, like a dead person, maybe that's kind of easy. But how many people are going to do that just so they can vote twice? Yeah, that, like, that's the, the point. Make them, make them jump through the hoops. It's, it, look, it's the same reason that I, Carter and I probably disagree on this, but I'll give you an example. Um, you know, federally, you're not allowed to purchase a firearm if you have, uh, if you've been adjudicated as mentally unfit. Okay. But it's up to the states to report those records. And so some states choose not to report those records to NICS. And I happen to think that they should be required to report them. I agree that that's how it them. works. <laughs> you agree that's how it works, but you may not agree that. I, I think states should be required to turn those records over because, because, okay, for example, Virginia Tech shooter, that guy had been determined to be mentally unfit by a judge. But because at the time, Virginia was not a state that chose to self-report those records, he was able to legally purchase his handguns. And if Virginia had turned those records over, he would not have been able to do that. And and I just think, you know, yeah, people will say, well, he could still get the guns off on the black market. He'd get them illegally. He could find other ways to get them. Sure. But why not make it an extra step, make it harder for him? Right. And the and answer kind of, that I would have is we choose liberty over safety. The goal is not to maximize safety. Yeah. I don't want a system in which a judge declares anyone mentally unfit. That is not a system that is good. I don't want the deep state deciding who's mentally unfit. Because by the way, where this is headed right now, you'll be declared mentally unfit. I mean, if these social justice warriors have their way, there's nothing stopping the state from declaring people unfit. That's a that's a loophole that like totally the state apparatus can use to just be like, oh, well, she doesn't believe in getting a vaccine for our COVID must be crazy. Check that box. I mean, I, that sounds crazy. It sounds hyperbolic, but that's, I mean, that's what governments do. I mean, look at, look at histories of how governments treat their people. Democide is responsible for more deaths than all the world's war, all the wars put together. Democide, governments killing their own people. Governments do this mm -hmm. crap all the time. So am I, am I worried about a Virginia tech shooter who's mentally unstable getting a gun? Yeah, that sucks. I'm way more worried about some random judge who can declare people mentally unfit to have firearms. That's just a disaster mm -hmm. because it's every judge and it's all these judges with, with agendas. You know what? If we if everyone were armed on Virginia Tech's campus, he probably wouldn't have gotten away with much. Mm. Like, yeah, let the crazy people have guns. Let me have mine too. There will be incidents. It will suck. It's not going to be perfect, but it's freedom. And that's what I want, freedom. I don't want to live in a padded cell because it's safe. That's my argument, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still disagree, but you are giving me something to think about, and I'll probably think about it for a while. Uh, so I Can have I wait? to take a break. Oh, okay. <laughs> Real quick, I'll be back. All right. Okay. I'll read some super chats or some star chats okay. while you're – Star chats. Woo-hoo. Subscribe, yeah. sir. Um, Mandy gives us a star chat, which I had to, Mandy, I had to go, uh, I know Mandy is our resident Russian bot. We love Mandy. Uh, she teaches me Russian swear words in, or I was going to say Russian swear words in Russian, which is redundant. Um, she, <laughs> I had to translate this. I'm going to, I'm going to butcher it, but it's something like, Yanevinov, 
ni ruski bot pochimu miniki wait nikto neverit carter apparently google says it means i'm an innocent russian bot why nobody believes me carter i believe you mandy i know you're an innocent russian bot um, although I have heard there are no such thing as innocent Russian bots. Also, Brian Allen says to, he gives us five bucks and says, Trump has been widely criticized for not conceding here in Georgia. We're still waiting for Stacey Abrams to concede. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there might just be a little bit of a double standard there, but Stacey Abrams is, is stunning and brave. So that's, that's where you screwed that out one, Brian. Trump is not stunning and brave. Orange man, bad. John Martin, uh, gives us five bucks and says, Clearly, we are in third world territory, so we might as well vote like third world in person with ID, papers, and dip your finger in ink. But how will we trust the counters of the ballots? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is kind of a um, corollary to something that I have said several times, but maybe people new haven't heard it. Uh, it doesn't matter what the law is. It doesn't matter what's written down on a piece of paper. What matters is the culture. What matters is the people. What matters is the people's philosophy. So ultimately, if we are in a country in which you can't ever trust anyone to do anything re regarding votes, then it kind of won't matter what system you're in. That is that is true. Uh, and I hate to say it. Carrie's back. Carrie's back. That's not what I hated to say. The other part I hated to say. Um, yeah. Carrie, you're making me think of... Uh, I've been I've been contemplating this and I and I I have a few loose theories that I don't aren't really aren't really well thought out but um but the question is when interesting I just want to ask the question the question is why is, it seems like the left specifically like the radical left it seems like the left is always much better at language they have a love for it they have an aptitude for it they are brilliant writers they are really good with language and it seems like the people on the right generally suck at language um just just uh, you know not all of them obviously i mean i have there's some great writers that i love on the right but as a whole it seems like if you have a mastery of the english language and you're a brilliant author um and probably not just even English, you're likely on the left. Um, do you know why that is? And if that's true, how do we even <laughs> deal with that? Well, I'm sorry. Somebody in chat made I me see, laugh. <laughs> I see you say you washed a hand. I don't know what that <laughs> Somebody said Carrie didn't have time to wash her hands. I said I washed a hand. <laughs> okay. Um, well, look, the left, the left is more... I don't know. This is something I've been thinking about a, l a little bit more, too, especially since our conversation with uh, David Raboy. Um, the architects of my old belief system of social justice ideology are very aware of how important language is. Now, that doesn't mean all the people who speak it. In fact, most of the masses who speak it are not. They're just they're I, would, I think of them right. as puppets. They're tools. Right. But the architects. But the ones who are. The architects, the one who's the ones who coin the phrases like white privilege and toxic masculinity and you know white fragility and and all of these phrases, they're very aware of how language works and that that's how you you control people. And I mean, Orwell wrote a lot about this, about 
controlling people through language. And this has been going on, I but guess. The question is, the why are they time. aware and why is the right, right. not aware? But why are they aware? I don't know. I think I think part of it is that this isn't this isn't about it being an ideology that's on the left. This is just about it being a harmful ideology. I think that because it's a harmful ideology, the people who are the the architects of it, who are designing these phrases and stuff, they're they're not as concerned with the immorality of manipulating people. And maybe on the right you have people who subscribe to i mean i i think there's probably more i haven't read stats on this but i think there's more christians on the right there's people who have different belief systems that are based around something else that are based around something other than power and manipulation and so maybe it's better to not think so, of right and left if we just say uh like totalitarianism, authoritarianism versus individualism i think that still holds true it's the authoritarians who are good at writing Right. So the authoritarians are good at it because they don't mind. They think that they think that the ends justify the means. They don't have a problem with manipulation because they think that they're doing good while they do it. They think it's a good thing. They don't mind. This this you can see this illustrated just in individual one on one interactions like this guy. I don't know if I mentioned him or not. I think I did. But when I went to the Stop the Steal rally here in Austin, there was an old guy like a grand. He could have been my grandfather who was just spewing venom at me in my face and said he hopes I get COVID and die. Okay. That person, that's fascinating. Yeah. Unity. (laughs) But that's fascinating to me because, because in that person's, if you were to sit down with him as a psychologist and try and figure out what's going on inside of this guy, right? He's out there. I guarantee you he's, he thinks he's on the side of good. He thinks he's on the right side of history and somehow he's convinced himself that it's okay to look at a fellow human being that you don't know who hasn't said anything offensive to you to look them in the face merely because of who they voted for and tell them that you, you hope they die. He thinks that's okay. Why? Because the ends justify the means. He's, he's a part of an ideology that tells him you're on the right side of history. You're the good guys. So you don't need to evaluate anything about your behavior or your character or it's not about introspection at all. It's about changing everyone else, which is what authoritarianism is. It's about controlling everyone else, controlling other people. So it what offended him was that he I wasn't under his control or I wasn't under control of his belief system. I all he knew about me was that I was a liberal who voted for Trump. Yeah. So that was deeply offensive to him. I'm therefore one of the evil people. I'm one of the bad guys. And it's okay for him to spew hatred and venom and say he hopes I die because he's – it doesn't matter what his what his means are. His ends are so good, right, And his psychology. He might have been particularly mad at you that you said liberal and Trump because that's something yeah. that shouldn't – that doesn't compute in the NPC program, right? Right. Uh, well, and that know. so that's just that's just a, a little tiny example of like one interaction with the person I think shows that. But on a broad scale, you can see that, and and they don't have a problem with manipulation and with propaganda. And with, I mean, look at the way they're responding to the allegations that there's voter fraud, possible voter fraud that needs to be investigated. They don't want to investigate it. They don't care because the ends justify the means to them. 
the means, if the means are fraudulent election, they don't care because yeah. they feel like, well, the fraudulent election happened. Um, I don't need to know if it was fraud or not because the right, the right outcome was achieved. The right, the morally just and right. They think it's a morally just outcome that right. Biden won. So they don't care how he won. Right. If it was, if Trump was actually Hitler, you wouldn't really care how Hitler lost. Right. They believe exactly. Scott Adams has been doing a lot of um, tweets about this kind of exposing that, um, you know, you need to be asking yourself, I'm going to just going to paraphrase him, but he's sort of, you know, a real journalist would be asking themselves that if the left really believed what they said, if they really believe what they say um, and they believe Trump is Hitler, if you believe he's Hitler, would you would you fake election results to get a different outcome other than Hitler? Sure you would. Yeah, so he's basically he's basically begging the question: Is it that they don't believe he's Hitler, or or do they believe he's Hitler? And then the, in which case they're probably willing to do ways. anything. They can't say he they believe he's Hitler, but they didn't do anything. But they right. they never do anything with the election. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, I so, so yeah. That that the best that's the best that I can come up with as well is just like there's an individualist. I don't know. I, the, the best that I can come up with is like individualists don't want to control their people. So they're not motivated to be doing that. And and non-individualists are fine manipulating and controlling other people. So but that's a yes. motivation thing. I wonder if it's is it a skill thing or just a motivation thing? Like, is there some kind of intrinsic? I, do they have a better no, skill or is it just motivation? No. I think it's a motivation thing. I don't think it's a skill thing to answer okay. your question. I think there are equally talented writers uh, on the right. It's just that that's not their that's not their motivation. I mean, just like we talked about with uh, with David Raboy, when I was a social justice warrior, I, I spent a lot of time editing entries on Wikipedia and shaping and manipulating the narrative. In my little tiny corner of the universe, I did what I, I did my part, right? And I felt okay doing that because I thought I was on the side of righteousness and good. And because my ideology was built around shaping and changing and controlling other people and not really anything about self introspection and looking at my behaviors, it never, it never, social justice ideology never called me to look at my own behaviors unless it was in, um, unless it was in a dishonest way to, you know, unless you had, uh, broken some, uh, tripped a wire or broken some tenant and then they wanted you to check your privilege. But even that wasn't real introspection. That just meant bow to our demands right. and speak that, the right words. Just, it didn't just mean the, actually, say the ritual, do, do the ritual, right? Say right. the ritual. It doesn't mean actually do introspection. Nothing right. about social justice ideology is built around introspection. And so, yeah. So if you look at people who have, who, who are individualists who look at the world differently from collectivists and totalitarians and authoritarians, individualists who believe in what, personal responsibility. Well, someone who believes in personal responsibility is more in tune with themselves and, you know, checking their own behaviors and their own thoughts. And, and for whatever reason, since I left social justice ideology, I've never had any motivation to edit Wikipedia. It seems dishonest to me. It seems manipulative to me. So do I think I am, I used to think I was right then, right? Yeah. Do I think I'm right now that I was wrong then? Yes. But do I feel like I should be putting time into editing definitions and words and language on Wikipedia and trying to influence what other people think in that way? No, that seems 
dishonest to me in a way. Like doing a show with you is just speaking my opinions and you can take them or leave them and you can disagree with me or not. But going into a public dictionary and trying to shape the record <laughs> in such a way, it just doesn't appeal to me in the same way. And I think that's about, I think that the core of that is motivation. I think yeah. it's about, yeah. Yeah. All right. I, you, I, I can buy that. It's I, I can buy that it's motivation. I mean, I, I would see that I would suspect there may be other psychological profiles with overlapping skill sets that might correlate yeah. to, to writing, but, um, but I can maybe, maybe it's largely motivation. Uh, I, I don't know. That brings up the, I, we don't have to talk about this right now, but well, it, well, it brings up that question to me like, okay, well, what are the people, what do the individualists do? Because we need to motivate individualists to be vigilant about not letting, because what happens is individualists let this stuff happen. Like we're the ones who don't fight back. We don't, we let it happen. We kind of like, oh yeah, but we're busy. Well, they have their weird opinion, blah, blah, blah. You know, we don't, we, we kind of let them be. It's like, it's like ignoring a mole that's get, become cancerous. And like, before you know it, you're like, oh crap, I've got to amputate my leg. <laughs> well, yeah, but part of what the, the, the quote that has, has guided me for the past four years since I first started leaving my belief system is that Nietzsche quote about not becoming the monsters you fight. And when I say that, I don't just say that because I heard someone else say it. I say it because that quote fundamentally changed the way I thought about myself and my relationship to my behaviors. And, and I could see how the social justice left has become monstrous and has, they've become the monsters they fight. What I was afraid of happening is how do I leave that belief system and then try and make sure I don't fall prey to that just on some other side or some, you know, as part of some other ideology. So that means you have to constantly evaluate yourself and make sure your behaviors reflect what you say you believe in. And you have to be honest with yourself. Otherwise, like, I think it's a human tendency to to tend towards hypocrisy. So you have to be vigilant about it. I have a friend who's here in chat today who was, who was saying to me, she said, every once in a while I question, am I, am I what the legacy media says? Am I just in some conservative echo chamber? Am I the one? And, and, and she's like, no, I, I, cause I, she watches media across the board and she makes up her own mind and she evaluates it. And I, I said to her, just the fact that you even ask yourself that question to me proves that you're not in an echo chamber because you're asking the question, you're keeping yourself in check. You're not like, it's almost like that saying that crazy people never, crazy people never ask themselves if they're crazy. (laughs) Right. You know, it's like you just the introspection that it takes to even say, wait a minute, am I in an echo chamber? I want to make sure. You know, I want to go and make sure I look at all these other sources and come to the right conclusion. The people on the left don't do that. The people who are stuck in the cult don't do that. They don't have introspection and they don't they don't stop and say, is it me? They're never the ones to say, wait a minute, are we the brainwashed ones? Like the guy I mentioned earlier who who was astounded that someone might call the New York Times propaganda or might call Washington Post propaganda. He had never that guy never I guarantee you never wakes up and wonders if he's being brainwashed or he never says, let me go see what the other side is saying, or let me expand my sources. And he never looks at anything on the right. I guarantee you. I can't think of any outlet that if someone said that's propaganda, my immediate reaction would be something other than, Oh really? Let me think about that. Is it? 
Like, that would be my response, no matter what the outlet, I think. I mean, I, I might decide it's not after thinking about it, but I, mm -hmm. I can't imagine a response being, that's that's crazy to even think. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I haven't thought right. about it. Maybe. Um, you know, one thing that individuals, <laughs> individualists, I, I mean, individualists do have, well, if they're being true individuals, they are focused on introspection and, and self-reflection and like they have that personal responsibility vibe going on. But the other thing that they're able to do that I think helps prevent becoming monsters um, is there's a there's an option that I think non-individualists never see when someone is in disagreement with you that individualists do see, which is mm -hmm. walk away, live and let live. Like I don't, you don't they have don't to be see on that. that side. I don't, it's yeah, okay. that's, we, individualists walk away, and like you said, it, it's sort of, it's not that, it's not that in, people who are for individualism don't care, it's just that they have different motivations, and they're not concerned with, they're not as concerned with controlling everyone else. No, it's I like, care it, very much, why, but I can't yeah, force you to, to agree with me, I can't nor, do I, nor do I want to trick you into agreeing with me. Like, right. I want to make my argument, and if you believe, if you agree, you agree. If you don't, you don't. Maybe a discussion yeah, will ensue. Don't, don't. But what they do is they say, we don't like you, therefore we want to get your channel banned. We don't want anyone to be able to listen to you. We want to mob you and give you one-star reviews on Yelp. We want to... Um, you know, go after your, your character. We want to, uh, when people look you up online, we want them to see all these awful things that we think about you. We want to tell everyone in our echo chamber um, not to read what you write or to, to, to let you come to their college and speak. Like they really, they can't, they can't just walk away and say, I don't want to listen to you, Alex Jones. They have to say, nobody can listen to Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah. There's there's not a there's not a fundamental option of this other entity will be different than what I wish they were, and I'm going to be okay with that. <laughs> like, all right, like that that's part of life. Um, huh. Well, I don't know if I can figure out how to help us individualists actually do something. I mean, look, I uh, I think the problem with the individualists. Myself included, we all of us, we're not vigilant enough about letting, we let our guard down for too long. And then it gets to the point where the, the action required to undo the horrific injustices and the intrusion into individual liberty is so huge that it becomes overwhelming. And you look around and you're like, oh my God, what happened? And when you finally wake up and you realize, hey, we're marching towards socialism and we're 90% of the way there crap this would have been a way easier battle to fight one percent of the way there if we just if 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 somehow we could teach ourselves or learn how to and i don't know the answer to this but like be vigilant at the right time against the right things in the right place and i it's a there's a level of i i almost think individualists have too much tolerance personally not like legally like legally they should tolerate everything but like personal tolerance for like for, for activity or behavior that is pushing society in the direction of anti-individualism. And we, we ignored... I, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. I mean, we, we ignored do. universities for generations. Like, oh, yeah. well, those are the crazy potheads. Look, you know, 
doing but some here's an example <laughs> here's an example so remember one of the first things that got Jordan Peterson sort of like in trouble or whatever yeah. was when he started to make a list of, uh, was it a list of colleges that are pushing or a list of professors that were pushing social justice ideology. And well, his C-16 said, thing got him the most in trouble, right? Yeah, no, forget that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking I mean, about his, that. right. So, uh, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, no, I'm just I, don't, I wasn't sure what you're talking about. Hey, I don't I don't mean about I don't mean in trouble with, with the the people in in control of the narrative. I mean in trouble with his followers. Oh. People who were following him got upset. Some people did because he was going to make a list or or he had suggested we should make a list of professors who push social justice ideology. And then after getting a lot of pushback, he 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 said, "You know what? That was a bad idea. I'm not going to do that." Because people were rightly pointing out, well, then are, is that a slippery slope? What separates – they're making lists right now. They're making lists of people who supported Trump. Do you know what I mean? It's like, are, is that McCarthyism? Are you starting on this path? Of, and so I think people people who are individualists hold themselves to a higher standard because they're trying not to become the monster they fight. Would it help to have a list for parents to know, hey, these professors push SJW ideology? Yes, it would help if you don't want your kids to take those classes. But at the same time – what are the possible negative ramifications of that? And then how can you rightfully, how can you point, say it's wrong when they do it, when they make lists, well, if you're lists willing, aren't you know, apparently wrong. I mean, I know, but that, that's how you can say it. That's like, say, okay. how can you say it's wrong when they take a step? Well, because he took a step to push me off a cliff and he took a step to bring me to the ambulance. Like steps are not the problem. Lists are not well, the problem. Well, what's <laughs> the problem then with the list that you showed at the beginning of the show of Trump people? Well, I think I think the problem with the list at the beginning of the show is it's indicating their intent. Their intent is to harass and and ridicule and ostracize and and possibly even jail people that they don't like. I think this is becoming witch hunt. So I think their intent and the reason for the list matters. Um, I'm not saying a list is the best thing to do for Jordan Peterson either. Um, the problem with the there, so one of the if you want to talk about problems building a list. One of the only problems I can think of inherently is it allows you to suspend your own judgment and substitute someone else's judgment for um, for who to associate with. So I do think a list of SJW professors would be helpful. Um, but it's only really helpful if you're not willing to do the work yourself to look at who the professors are that your kid is going to go to class with and decide for yourself. So I, lists are a shortcut to the lack of philosophical thinking. And maybe the maybe the answer, maybe you're right. Maybe the answer is lists are bad because we need to engender uh, self-reliance in terms of your your judgment. The the maybe we should go to the Ayn Rand quote. It, the the she had an anti-biblical quote, which was uh, instead of judge not lest ye be judged. Her uh, counter to that was judge and prepare to be judged. Right. And, and the point she was trying to make wasn't condemn people to death or anything. It was you are responsible for making judgment calls on uh, other people's behavior and actions and not deferring or not. Uh, yeah. Not outsourcing that to Jordan Peterson or anyone else. And right. And it's very easy and lazy to do the outsourcing because no one wants to spend the time actually thinking about it themselves and making up their own mind. Ultimately, I think that's the only thing that actually 
will help us is if everyone adopts the responsibility to think for themselves and come at, make their own decisions based on principles. Um, maybe we just got lazy but as see, a group. But I don't see, know. you're going, we're going back to that individualist thing. I mean, this I is a difference in they will make lists and they will target for harassment and stuff. And, and because individuals hold ourselves to a higher standard and believe in personal responsibility, we're not going to make that. I think it's a good decision not to make that list. In fact, right. if, if I try and flip it and think well, what's something positive you could do, I would say, well, maybe you could make a list of professors who don't preach social justice ideology. That's a positive list. Here's a list. Here's some mm. schools, you know, like the Chicago recommendations uh, rather than recommendations than rather than blacklists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Recommendations of the people that you do like rather than blacklists of the people you don't. Yeah. No, I, I think I, I was coming around to your original yeah. thing. I'm just, I'm just thinking it through because, um, yeah. ultimately our tool of survival, our weapon is our own rational judgment. And if we're going to suspend it, we will lose. So if you're going to suspend your, your rational judgment, if you're going to suspend your own, uh, intestinal, like if you're not going to have the intestinal fortitude to to stand up for things that are wrong and use your own judgment to make decisions about that stuff, then you'll lose. Um, Cause outsourcing it, there's always someone who's willing to make the list for you, no matter what the list is. And they've got an agenda. Usually Jordan Peterson, I don't think had a bad agenda, but regardless, uh, yeah, that makes sense. No, and he, he, he reconsidered it and he ended up not doing it. Cause yeah. people pointed out, you know, yeah. yeah. Someone says Carter's arguing for practicality carry from principles. No, I'm arguing from principles. I'm just, I, it took me a while to get around to where it was. I had to think it through because I hadn't thought of it. Um, I'm definitely, not <laughs> a, I, I, although I would argue um, the right principles are practical. So uh, if <laughs> you have a says, conflict between practical and principled, your principles are wrong. Dion says, actually, you can just use the left's blacklist to find the good people. <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if we rewind this, if, sorry, if we dig deep enough, I think my conclusion will eventually be like, which no one's going to like, uh, it all comes down to parenting. <laughs> it's it's going to all come down to parent. It's all coming down to raising kids who use their own judgment and think rationally yeah. and are willing and able, uh, and have the courage to think for themselves and, and act for themselves, um, and use their own judgment. But who knows? All right. Wait, um, we do have, wait, let me, I think we have another star, star chat, star chat, star chat. Uh, we do. Oh, we do. We have a couple. Um, Brian Allen gives us another five bucks. Thank you, Brian. And he says, if people want money from the government, they manage to get an ID. <laughs> yes, they do. Don't they, Brian? They manage to do that. Uh, also. Good point. Um, Sue Escobar. Uh, gives us 10 bucks and says, hey, thank Carrie you. and Carter, no question today. I just want to say hello and thank you both for all you do, for getting banned thank by speaking too. truth. Uh, your channel is so important to me to keep me sane, and I appreciate everything you do. Cheers and peace, Sue. Thank you, Sue. That's very sweet. Thank you, Sue. And uh, anybody oh, wait, that's wait, tuning Mandy in late? gives us another one. Sorry. <laughs> one more. Mandy, this one at least is not in Russian. Oh, good. She says... <laughs> Hypocrisy is a completely natural human response when you consider that we were all created in the image of a petty and vindictive God. Right, Carter? <laughs> I don't even know. Is that a, it's, that's not an atheist thing to say. It's just, I think she's trying to, 
I think she's trying to poke Carrie. <laughs> she's a sneaky Russian. Uh, yeah, I, a sneaky Russian troll. Sneaky Russian. <laughs> so anyone joining late, we are streaming today from our backup channel. Or it's our Eclipse channel normally because we got another seven-day ban from YouTube for something dumb. Um, and if you want to, we can't do super chats on this channel because we don't have enough subscribers yet. We have to hit 1,000 and uh, hit some other metrics. But if you want to give us a, a star chat today, you can go to our subscribe star to the Unsafe Space channel at subscribe star and carter will read it out we're about to wrap up soon I'll read it right? out. yeah but there is one thing i want to um i want to bring up because it's super interesting i reached out to him to try and get him on our show i don't have my i'm not holding my breath because uh, uh oh wait a minute i looked at my email in a couple weeks he says awesome robert epstein uh yes! yeah <laughs> in real time folks you're seeing what's going on i'm checking my email and okay he says a couple weeks, so hopefully. Uh, anyway, Robert Epstein, um, he was the guy, if you'll recall, he was the guy who voted for Hillary Clinton but testified in front of uh, Congress about the 2016 election, election and specifically talking about manip manipulation. So we've talked about the fraud stuff. We're now talking about manipulation. This is uh, – Predominantly, the way the manipulation we're going to talk about is is big tech manipulation. Google, Twitter, Facebook doing things to manipulate the election. Now, if you recall, when um, when the narrative was Russia manipulating the election, it was very important uh, to make sure there wasn't any any tampering, no election manipulation. We wouldn't want that. Well, I think what they spent like a hundred k. We wouldn't that we wouldn't want that hundred thousand dollars worth of ads that Russia spent to influence the election. That's a big deal. Got to be careful. Oh my God, democracy's threatened. Um, however, as he pointed out, he believes so. He's a Hillary Clinton voter, but he believes in in twenty sixteen. I think he said some somewhere between roughly two and ten million votes might have been swayed towards Hillary. He's done. Uh, he's a he's a researcher who's done lots of tests about how. Um, search ranking and autocomplete and all this kind of stuff can sway people. And he cited uh, tests that Facebook has done. They test, Facebook has tested that they can get people to go uh, to the polls so they can change uh, actual behavior in the in the real world. Anyway, he did all that. And of course, for 2020, um, he, he wasn't asleep. He knew this election was going to be contentious coming up. And he what he did was he launched a uh, an election monitoring project for this election, and he had he recruited 733 what he calls field agents. About a third of them were conservatives, self-identified as conservatives, a third self-identified as liberals, and uh, about a third as something else, maybe independents. I'm not sure. And these field agents, he they 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 got the field agents in three states that they thought might be key states for the upcoming election. And the states they chose were Arizona, Florida, and North Carolina. Okay? So, um, what he did was they monitored, they monitored ephemeral communications. This is stuff that Google, for example, shows you but then goes away. There's not really a record of it. It's not, it's just like, why not go vote? Or something like that. And then it goes away. Then I can page click and it's gone. It's just an ephemeral thing. It's not, not really... Part of the thing. So let's let's look at um, let's look at what he discovered here because this to me. By the way, this, this guy, this I love this dude. I'm geek. He's I love I love it. I'm geek, I'm geeking out on him. But go ahead. Yeah, no, he's great. And by the way, just to be clear, 
he there's a process for being a field agent like they go through background checks and all this other stuff and they install software on the computer to watch what you're doing like this is not just like he had some volunteers be like i'll tell Mm -hmm. you what i see like this was this was a an extensive process so uh here's an article um so by the way there was a um there's been some interviews with him just at the outset he mentions this just struck me as <laughs> worth mentioning i was contacted by a pretty prominent washington dc attorney a few days ago who thinks i should go into hiding so that should give you some idea of what's going on we'll explain why that is in a moment but I've pulled out some things. He says we found evidence of bias. Now he's not he's he's saying I don't have I'm not going to make any allegations right now. I'm just going to tell you what we found so far. He's still going through data. We've indeed found evidence of bias. We've also found what some people might want to call a smoking gun. We found that during the week of October 26th. So uh actually for 4 days, that's quite close to the election, only our liberal field agents were getting vote reminders on Google's homepage. So he has these field agents out there, and the liberal ones were getting vote reminders from Google, but not any of the conservative ones. Zero, by the way. Not, not some of the conservatives or more of the liberals. Zero conservatives in his group got a vote reminder from Google. Only the liberals. Okay, that's weird. Something gets a little bit weirder here, and you're going to have to bear with me. So he decides to go public. This might not have been a good idea of his, um, but he decides to go public on Thursday, October 29th, because he's seeing this. And, you know, he knows the election's coming up. Most of the manipulation is going to happen right before the election, because that's, you know, when you want to motivate people to get up and go out and vote. So he says he decides to go public with the information. So he contacts the New York Post. (coughs) Now, interestingly... He does this with um, with a lot of savvy. He's very aware of what he's doing. And I'm going to read this to you. He says, so I knew that all the information I was giving to this reporter at the New York Post would be seen by Google with my name in there. I assumed an algorithm would immediately boot it upstairs to real people, and then real people would look at all this information. The point is that two things happened that night. So by the way, he knows that Google's looking at um, email. He talks about it up here, by the way. I know that all New York Post emails are shared with Google. I wrote about that in an article a couple of years ago. The same is true for New York Times, The Guardian, and a lot of other major media sources. So he he knows Google's seeing his email to New York Post. So he sends the thing. The point is that two things happened that night. That was Thursday night, October 29th. Number one, the article, which I gather was about to go to press, got pulled from the New York Post. So think about that. That's a fairly conservative news outlet. In effect, I got censored by this news outlet. Wow. Relevant, perhaps, is the fact that the New York Post gets 32% of its traffic from Google. The other thing that happened was that the targeted messaging on Google's homepage disappeared. It was like someone flipped a switch and it just disappeared. So starting at midnight on October 29th, just days before the election, all of our field agents began to receive the vote reminder on Google's homepage. That continued until the very end of the election. On November 3rd. So, and you know, this interview is longer. You can look at some other stuff. Um, You know, he cites some examples of Google being very aware of stuff. Right, Google saying, in a leak of emails to the Wall Street Journal in 2018, one of Google's employees says to the others, how can we use ephemeral experiences to change people's views about Trump's travel ban? That's from inside Google, right? Um, 
He calculated, this is his latest, I calculated months ago that if all the Silicon Valley companies, the most powerful two being Google and Facebook, are pushing in the same direction, that could easily shift in this election 15 million votes. And he says, just as a reminder, everyone, Eileen left myself. I think it's great that they're pushing causes and candidates that I like and that my family likes. But I put democracy uh, and I put the free and fair election and I put our country ahead of my personal preferences. So, Wow, you mean he has principles. <laughs> I don't think those are allowed anymore. But yes, apparently he has yeah. those. Maybe that's why he needs to go in hiding. I just, um, I, I think this is, as much as people want to talk about voter fraud, and again, I'm not saying it didn't happen. Uh, if right. you want to just attack the problem of the number of votes that were cast for Biden, I would, I would, I'm sure that election manipulation by big tech is responsible for way more votes in the Biden camp than way voter more. fraud. Way more. It's it's your story that will get overshadowed by election fraud. Yep. But we know the manipulation has been happening. We know and like he said it was gonna get worse. Oh. Carrie broke up for me. And now she's totally gone. All right. Well, um, I think that's it. I didn't have anything else to say about that. It looks like Carrie is. We're going to wait for for Carrie. Hopefully she comes back. Um, I do want to, since we're on the topic of voter fraud, uh, or sorry, not voter fraud, election manipulation, I do just want to reassure you of everything here. Um, Keith the Hack Guy shared this with me. In case you're worried about voter manipulation or voter fraud, this is a message from Facebook. Don't worry. Joe Biden remains the projected winner. Election officials say that voter fraud, election officials who would go to jail if there was voter fraud, uh, which is historically rare, has not affected the outcome. Okay, they said it hasn't affected. They have confirmed that mail-in voting was conducted in accordance with state voting rules. Don't worry. Everything is fine. Uh, just go back to your safe space. Stop worrying about the election. Stop worrying about voter fraud. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot more that I want to, I want to share today. Carrie looks like she's dropped off. If she calls back on Skype, I'll try and answer. Um, but I don't, I don't see her calling back. The last thing I want to, I do have one more thing I want to mention, and I'm, I'm going to put this up, but I'm not going to zoom in on it because it will probably get us banned, uh, if, if we, if we zoom in on this, but you might've seen this going, we do have a copy of this. We might've seen this going around. Um, this is, this is kind of cool. It's just a great idea. This is a map. I know it looks just like a cool graphic. I'm not going to zoom in because if I zoom in, you'll see people's names and that will count as doxing. This is a map of, of, uh, of electronic communications between people involved in Portland Antifa. So what happened was um, someone went around and they did what's called war driving. And uh, war driving is when you go to a location and you provide free Wi-Fi. But of course, it's um, not secure. You're watching all the traffic. This is a way 
Um, this is a way to sniff for passwords. I mean, there's lots of nefarious things you can do. I, I, I hadn't been paying attention to war driving for 15, 20 years, but it used to be a, a thing that you could do. You would, you would go and people were less, not very savvy. A lot of wireless networks were unsecure. And I kind of assumed that it went away because who would connect to an unsecure wireless network? Uh, who am I? I guess, uh, I guess people will. So anyway, they, they went war driving in Portland. And so, um, if you were Antifa, you, you would see this wireless, uh, network show up and connect to it. And they made it, they made it easy to connect to. Um, and, but of course they monitor the traffic and they have connections that, that map that I showed you is just connections between people, um, both in Portland and actually goes national and shows who's involved, government officials, a whole bunch of people. Now, you know, granted, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, I'm sure Kevin Bacon's on this map if you go enough connections. So it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but uh, I would imagine that, uh, I would imagine that law enforcement should have been doing something like this if they haven't. Uh, it's a, it's a great, it's a great means of, of figuring out what's going on and what some of these people are doing. This account, the account that posted this on Twitter got banned from Twitter for doxing. Uh, and the, um, even the, there was like a, not Dropbox, it was some other service, I forget, but there was even some spots where the high-res image was was being stored, including archive.is uh, or whatever it is, archive.org, also gone. Those are all gone. The images have all been pulled down. Uh, the account's been banned. And I get that doxing is, and you know, I don't like, I don't like doxing, so I'm not, I'm not saying this was a great classy move here. But I would like to point out just the double standard, that's all. Uh, we've seen websites pop up with people who donated to Trump, that data correlated. We've seen um, individuals doxxed uh, on the right. We've seen people who, um, anyone who questions the narrative potentially doxed. We've seen CNN go after um, people going after kid who made a, a, a meme. We've seen a lot of attacks against individuals who are wrong thinkers and, and doxing of those individuals. And major social media companies don't seem to care. But as soon as you put uh, some names, this isn't names and addresses either, it's just names. As soon as you put some names of <clears throat> the Antifa network in Portland up online, man, they were fast to ban this account and remove all of it. So... I think this isn't a super optimistic message to leave you with, but I am going to leave you because Carrie's gone. Um, I guess it's a little bit pessimistic. Sorry. Stop thinking that we're in a country that is uh, significantly different from some of the totalitarian regimes or authoritarian regimes or even quasi-fascist or quasi-socialist countries that you might think of. We're not. Are we different than communist China? Obviously, yes. But we're not that much different from modern-day China. Um, we're, we're really not. We're, we're, we're different in some significant ways. We have the right to bear arms still, fingers crossed. It, we, are significant, we are significantly different in some ways. But in many ways, we are very, very similar. And one of the main ways is that the cathedral, the mainstream media, the institutions, the, the government bureaucracies, 
they all are on one particular side, all following one particular narrative. That narrative is is basically hegemonic domination, to use maybe a more SJW phrase. They're all wanting power. They're wanting to continue the, the current establishment. They're globalists, and they seek to undermine the, the values of the Enlightenment. They seek to destroy the individualist foundations of America. They seek to destroy the liberty that makes America special. They would like to crush it, and they want America to be just one other state amongst an entire world of states, all pretty similar. That's their goal. It's very clear that that's their goal. I mean, some of them, their goal is just to tear everything down and they don't know what they want. But in general, that's their goal. The idea that we should have some spot on this green earth, I guess mostly blue earth, in which humans have individual rights. Those include the right to bear arms and the right to free speech and that the government should be afraid of the people and not the people afraid of the government, that we should have a limited government with very little involvement in our lives. That idea is their enemy. It's their nemesis, and they are working as hard as they can to kill it. So everything they do, from whom they choose to censor, how they censor, the words they use, the articles they write, the people they promote, the shoes they want you to wear, the companies they promote, the, the movies that get funded, all of it is in service to that agenda. Not through some conspiracy, but just through evolution. It's just that ideology has evolved to become mainstream, and that's what's getting pushed. So uh, I wish I could leave on some positive. She always likes positive notes. She's not here to give me a positive note. Here's the positive note. Not all of us are in agreement with this. Lots of people here in chat, even though this channel is tiny at this point, we have plenty of people in the unsafe space community, and most of us are individualists who just want to be left alone, and we want to rebuild or save uh, what's left of Western civilization. So there are like-minded people out there. You're not alone. We're here, and we will get together in real life probably next year. Carrie's working on that. And uh, and in the meantime, we've got lots of online communities. So don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Please go make sure you're subscribed to the main Unsafe Space channel on YouTube. You can also support us at Subscribestar, or just go to unsafespace.com slash donate. Uh, what have we got? Oh, oh, I was supposed to mention this. I'm glad I didn't forget this. Uh, we have a MeWe account now. Um, today is, I guess, a lot of people mass exiting Facebook today. Uh, I think they're calling it Dark Friday. It's Friday the 13th. I think it's Dark Friday or something like that. I don't know if people are, I think it's about people leaving Facebook permanently, which I highly encourage. I would not be on Facebook. I'm not active on Facebook at all. The only reason I have an account is because Unsafe Space has an account and I need to, you know, to manage the page. I've got to have an account. But um, I, if you are at all willing or considering switching away from Facebook, either shut it off completely, just get out and go, go nowhere, uh, or go to MeWe or Parler or something else. We did just launch a MeWe account. Beverly loves it. She's a MeWe advocate. And Carrie has been advocating for MeWe lately as well. So um, go check that out. There's a community there and community on Telegram, community on all basically all the alt social media platforms and the mainstream ones. So thank you, everyone, for watching. Sorry Carrie wasn't here at the end um, and probably will be on this channel on Monday again. I hope not, but I hope we're on the main channel. But if we're not on the main channel, we'll be back here on the Clips channel on Monday. And have a good weekend, everyone. Keep your powder dry. And uh, I don't know. Enjoy, enjoy time with your family. 
the world's not just, it's not always about politics. Uh, so go be a good parent if you're a parent and uh, go make yourself a better person. And we'll see you on Monday. Thanks. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please report any sightings to your local YouTube censorship representative. Did you know that 99.8% of government-funded educators approve of government-funded education? If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. The Deep State thanks you for your unwavering daily support of Facebook. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.